The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. again welcome back to the show fellow basement dwellers nerds of all kind it is i the lawyer dave unger here coming at you with another edition of bandwagon nerds bandwagon nerds a part of the chair shot radio network right here on the chairshot.com where we remind you to always use your head the chairshot.com always use your head it is a stripped-down version of the bandwagon this week. Mr. O'Dowd, our fearless leader, is probably waiting in line, I would imagine, Tunny, in Disney World right now, at, at uh, somewhere at one of the parks, having a good time with the family. I certainly hope Patrick is having a great time. You already heard me reference him, the live studio audience, once again back here, the one and only PC Tunny. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, well, Patrick is off playing. We're here working. No big deal. Uh, But no, seriously, we look forward to uh, some of the cool picks. Hope he has a good time with the family. And uh, I'm sure we'll get some stories when he comes back next week. Yes, he comes back next week just in time to uh, talk about the finale of Lock and Key. We're going to get to Lock and Key Episode 7 in just a minute. Tony can hardly contain himself. It's going to be I don't know how I'm going to even try to suppress his excitement with this whole thing you've heard us the last few weeks how excited we are but i am actually very thrilled to welcome back to the show after a lengthy hiatus it is the one and only the violent gentleman the man of many handles and talents the one and only Aesop mitchell how are you doing man it's been a while it has been a long time i apologize uh that's what you get for having a child that does things on sundays uh, I have been so goddamn busy with stupid soccer. God, all the soccer that no one needs in America, at least. Uh, just been pl- uh, pummeled with all that. But I have kept up on most things bandwagon nerds. So, no, I've gotten my my fair share of opinions in, in the past. And, you know, I have them now, too. I, I love that Aesop just buries soccer in America as the World Cup starts, you know, today. And 
<laughs> it's so weird watching the World Cup in November. I'm like, something doesn't feel right about this. But I'm sure compared to what the temperature would have been like in July in Qatar, they're not going to complain any. And it, eh, you know, World Cup in November, it's a holiday tradition now, Tony. Kind of like Survivor Series used to be, maybe. Sort of? Sure. Sure. You just keep telling yourself that. Uh, I did. I did watch the uh, Qatar became the first home nation to ever lose their opening game today. So that's fun. But we're not here to talk about the World Cup. What we are here to do, though, and I know Aesop has not been watching and I was we we're going to get Ray Cash on the show today. We were going to get an update on the continuing adventures of Cristobal. We even Crystal had a pre- oh. we had a preliminary title for the episode all planned out. That's here in my uh, I know it's it's like Ric Flair winning the 92 Rumble. All these wrestling references early on. Um, but Ray couldn't make it today, so we will have to wait until some other time to get an update on the adventures of Cristobal and where he is. But, you know, we haven't done it for a while, Tony. I- I'm going to show some respect to the show by playing the lock and key music, and then you and I can discuss episode seven. And Aesop, feel free to just, you know, ad lib whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it, feel it- free, Aesop, to jump into the steaming pile of horse manure. <laughs> All right. I can do that. Here's the uh, intro music, and uh, we'll be right back to talk about this episode that Tony's so thrilled about. Yay. Tony, all right, here we are. Episode seven. This is the hey. penult- penultimate episode. Um, all I'll say about it is it started off really bad. By the halfway point of the episode, Tony, I was moderately interested in what was going on. I thought, you know, they've they've taken an interesting turn here with uh, with the uniqueness of, of being trapped inside of the head of somebody who's dying. And um, that that adds a little element of uncertainty to the whole thing. But yeah, by and large, I'm like, is it episode eight yet? Oh, next week. Perfect. We get to see how this train wreck absolutely resolves itself. Um, your thoughts just in general on the episode before we do. And we're not going to do a deep dive because it's just not worth our time. But we'll talk a little bit more about it in detail. So your general thoughts on the episode. Was it any better than the previous ones or is it still no. just careening? No, it wasn't. Yes. Yes. It's still horrible. It's bad. It's just the dumb storyline. Everybody's overacting. They can't even wait to be done with it. They then they go back and and show Rendell and and some of the other. I think um, uh, who's who's the one that just came back from the from the oh from Ellie. The hole. They got Ellie. She Ellie. comes back from and, the hole. Yeah. Aaron wearing clothing that I'm not so sure they were wearing in the 90s. Maybe I don't 1995, know. 1995, right? Bear mid uh, bear midriffs in the 90s. The- yeah, maybe. The backstory on Gordy. Yeah, there were mid, mid Yeah, I was in high school then, for sure. Um, did you wear a bear midriff? You probably didn't. Aesop made I did it, not. but you didn't. I'm a midriff I, guy. I did not. Um, wh- where were we? 
Yes. Does it Just matter? As bad Does as it matter? Talking lock and key. So we get them back in high school and they create a little goblin guy that they have to kill with the key. And then they have to erase Gordy's memories. Well, just like back then, now we're jumped in Gordy's head. But Davey dies at the end of the episode. That's the big thing. So how are they going to get out of his head? Right. Well, Does someone have to bring him back to life? Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I do. I'll say this. I do like the concept of the creation key. That is pretty cool that a key that you draw something down and it can bring something to life. That That's a cool concept. I mean, the keys have remained... The story may have gone off the rails, but the keys have remained interesting and kind of like, okay, what does this one do? What does that one do? The creation keys kind of, okay, that's a cool concept. And uh, who, who's, what's his name again? The old, the old British guy that we're fighting, Gideon, right? Yeah. Gideon. Hell of a stiff clothesline in the forest on Ellie. I mean, she turned around and sold that like a ton of bricks. That's that's true. More wrestling references. But yeah, that was a but that's and that's the other problem is, I mean, there's so many stupid tropes that they do. It's like we're going to take a, 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 the dumbest trope from horror movies and we're going to inject it here. She she gets out of the car. What does she do, Tony? She runs into the woods, runs into the forest, runs yeah. into the forest. It's like I'm like watching this like you've got to be shitting me. Really? This this is your big plan for an escape is run into the forest. Hey, Asa, guys, Aesop, isn't, guys. That a, isn't that like hey guys, a. Isn't let's that like a progressive commercial, right? Yeah. Hey guys, let's get in the running car. What are you nuts? Let's go hide behind them chainsaws. <laughs> and it's and and the top of it, yeah, it is it is a progressive commercial, Aesop. Quick but, to the cemetery. Yeah. What are you crazy? Let's hide behind the chainsaws. And it and it what's even worse about it is like the in the moments preceding that, Tony, that's like Gideon is basically the equivalent of a dog because he's like, go faster so I can stick my head out the window. It's like, what the fuck? Well, Who wrote this he shit? He can't be hurt, right? He can't really be hurt, can he? I don't think so. I mean, I think Bodie had a good idea with the... Uh, and yeah, and Bodie and Nina are trying to uh, unlock the Harlequin chest with zero luck because it uses magic to protect itself. That makes sense. But yeah, at the end of the whole thing, you've got, you've got Kinsey, you've got Sam slash Bolton, and you've got Tyler um, all trapped in the head of a dying man who does seem to die. You know, there's... You know, you got the problem with the the two Gordies because they've used the head key and created a, a doppelganger to him, and the people in the ambulance, I'm convinced, are trying to res- resuscitate the non truly living version of him, and of course, that's not going to work out so well. So, yeah, hopefully, um, Rufus or the cops or somebody figures out some way to bring the real one back so they can at least get out, and we can in the last episode, the final, the series finale is 40 minutes long. And it's like eh, a lot of shit to wrap up in 40 minutes and, and put a nice bow on this and get out of here. But to me, it feel, it's going to feel like everything else about this season rushed. Let's just get to the end. Why did we even do this? Aesop, yeah, I know you've got something. Well, so you're saying you're screwed is what is what you're saying. It's going to be uh, 40 minutes of your life. You'll never get. We're back, just happy probably. it's over with. We've been unhappy with this since like the end of season two. Midway through season two, things start to get weird. So, well, I want to say like uh, I want to say that that I haven't been on probably since right before you start, were talking about this final season and how excited uh, each and every one of you were. Well, Tony, I'll, uh, I'll say this. Tony was not. He didn't want a season three. Patrick and I were very excited about it. We have had our hopes dashed repeatedly this season, Aesop, like repeatedly. <laughs> Sounds like being a Packer fan. Um, yes, but in yeah. many ways, yes. There's been a lot of that lately to me, though, where it just feels like 
like like they're forcing one final season, one final movie, one final this, whatever. Like, can't you just let a good thing die? Have an honorable death? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being bitter and salty and terrible. But yeah. it feels like there's been a lot of that lately. No. I, I I agree. It makes me really nervous for Umbrella Academy season four because season three was so fantastic, and and now you're kind of like it's almost the same way. Like Ray was like they could stop here and I'd be fine with it, um, but you know there there's a feeling. It seems like a lot of these shows feel like we've got to get closure. We've got to do this. You know, and speaking of this Walking Dead series finale is tonight. Um, that I'm sure is going to take the internet by storm with whatever happens there. I mean that's. You're talking 11, 12 years, 11 years, which is a lot longer than three. So um, I, I'm probably going to check it out. But yeah, I mean, I, well, at least for that, at least for that, though, people have been clamoring for The Walking Dead to actually, pun intended, die. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully this will actually make the Internet happy, no matter how good or bad it is. Yeah, either it'll be good or it'll be Game of Thrones bad, right, Tony? We'll we'll see about that. So. What's what's bad about Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've got enough time today to talk about all that. But there's two yeah. bit two bits of good news coming out of this whole thing. One, uh, Lock and Key ends next week, and the second bit of good news: Doom Patrol season four starts December eighth. So we're close to that, Tony. I got to figure we're going to be covering Doom Patrol. I haven't talked to you Patrick know, about it, but I'm sure we're going to. It's funny you mentioned Doom Patrol because watching parts of this episode, it, it got a little Doom Patrol-ish when they were in their head and they kind of had the circus vibe. It kind of reminded yeah. me of you know an old old episodes of Doom Patrol. So like, yeah, definitely looking forward to Doom Patrol. And I think you talk about Umbrella Academy. I think the characters are more solid in and of themselves, and the actors who play them are a little bit more talented than the ones in this series. So I think even if it's not the best story for Umbrella Academy, I think we'll still be able to latch onto some of the characters. Uh, that we enjoy the most out of out of all those in the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, it's 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 sad that this is how this series that started off so fantastically is. It was the just, first season was phenomenal. It was it was it was great, and and like you're saying, about halfway through season two, things got a little weird, and then this season just felt like we're just mailing it in, and and like I, I agree, like Aesop saying, it's like why why bother if you're just gonna go through the motions of of, uh, of something like that, then why really bother with this? But Next week's the finale. We'll find out how the three of them get out of Gordy's head. Um, you know, how do Nina and Bodie figure out the Harlequin chest, get the keys? How do they stop Gideon? How does this all resolve? And I assume they're going to ride off in the sunset in some fashion, right, Tony? You got to think. Or not. <laughs> at this, <laughs> at, at this I, point, I mean, at this point I'm hoping a, for a really yeah, dark this, ending at this uh, point. You know? Yeah, they're going to. They all die. Good you, know, that, you know, if they all died, Aesop, I think Tony and I would look at the series a little bit differently. Like, that was unexpected. I <laughs> really wouldn't care at this point. Oh, Jesus. Just, uh, it's, just, it's just been horrible, Aesop. Don't watch the second or third season. <laughs> First season is so good. It's oh, so I heard good. the second season was good. Didn't you say I thought it was. Season? I mean, we thought it was. Tony didn't dig it near the end. But yeah, this third season just, you know, I think it was like the second or third episode I started looking like, I wonder what the fans are thinking of this. Ooh, that's not good. And uh, the critics hated it even more. And it's like, ooh, okay, double whammy. 
usually, you know, critics hate it, fans love it, or vice versa, you know. Um, this one was a, a uniformity amongst critics and fans. That's never a good sign if the score is low. You know? <laughs> if it's high, that's great. But no. So Patrick will be back next week. We will talk the series finale of Lock and Key. It'll be episode eight. It'll be the end of season three. We can put this one away. I I am proud of us, Tony, that we have stuck this thing through, that we haven't just thrown in the towel and walked away from it. A lot of other people would. We have stuck... Thank you, Aesop. I would. Nothing like a round of applause. <laughs> Tony's like, I checked out a long time ago, but I don't. I don't have the same uh, the same type of sound effects board that um, uh, uh, O'Dowd has. But you know, if I could give you anything, I, I'll give you this one. Yeah, there you go. Let's go away from this. You're more on the Christopher Platt level of that game. <laughs> I've got the sounds, but no one can hear it, so that's that's a problem. So, but I had the wonder of post credit sort of things, and and uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But I think at this time we will take our first commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a pretty quick visit to the trailer park. Although one of the one of the trailers is going to, I'm sure it'll trigger some sort of discussion. But you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds, which is a part of the Chairshot Radio Network, right here on the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, fellas. Trailer park time. Time to walk into the trailer park. We can get Aesop fully invested in all this funness. Uh, you know, got a few trailers to talk about here today. Got to get the banjos going because, you know, we can't go to the trailer park without having a little bit of a banjo deliverance. Maybe not the deliverance part, but just the deliverance. Yeah, maybe not that part. Are we going to get deliverance too? talk about something that doesn't need to be made? Ooh, that that's that scary. But let's get some banjos in here and then we can talk about this. All right, so first of the trailers is uh, one I think like Ray and Patrick were racing each other to see who posted this first. I think Ray <laughs> be- Ray beat him to it ever so slightly by just a few minutes. It is the latest DC animated movie, Legion of Superheroes, coming out February 7th, 2023. I just got the release date, I think this morning. They just announced when it's coming out. Uh, Aesop, did you check out this trailer? And if so, what are your thoughts on this thing? I did. Uh I'm sure it'll be great. Don't get me wrong. But this is something that I want to be HBO Max series wise. This feels like something that you could really draw out and tell a, a much better story over 10 episodes than you can in a hour and a half, two hour movie. Now, again, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. DC 
animated stuff always is. You know, you rarely do you find a miss uh, in any of the crops of their their animated filmography. But um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I just wish that it was more of a series. Like a, like Young Justice sort of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, because Young Justice is wrapping up, isn't it? I think so. I think it's. I think that might have been one on the cutting room floor or something like that. But DC Animation seems to be kind of immune from all this stuff that Zaslav is, as uh, and Warner Brothers has been doing. Um, but Young well, Justice, I, I don't know. Like I, I know I haven't been on to talk about the HBO situation, but I'll tell you right now if. If they continue down the same track, I have no problem dropping HBO Max in the near future. Yeah, it, it, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what they do with it. It's, it. They change their tune so often as far as like, well, this is what we're going to do. And uh, maybe we're going to do this. And it's like, oh, what the hell are you guys actually planning other than bringing in James Gunn and Peter Safran to reinvigorate the DC? You know, what did you what do you think of that, Aesop? I mean, we had like you say, you haven't been on in a while. That was the biggest news that came out of DC other than, you know black adam which we'll talk a little bit about in a, in a few minutes but um what are your thoughts on that the the direction that they seem to be going now uh, to me it feels like too many cooks in the kitchen especially when you got a personality like james gunn uh that dude's probably two separate brains in his own right um so having that level with another guy I, i'm a little bit skeptical but really until they until they give me a big middle finger, I have no no real skin in this game. I'll I'll trust them until I don't. That's fair enough. We're going to talk a little bit more about a specific aspect of of DC uh, in their vision going forward a little bit later on. Tony, did you check out this trailer? And if so, what are your thoughts on this one? I did. The trailer looked pretty good. The story that they're trying to tell. I mean, all your big hitters are involved there. Um Aesop brings up an interesting point about at what point are people going to start getting off of HBO Max. I mean, I have HBO through DirecTV, so like I have the subscription through that. So I don't know. I what exactly is happening to HBO Max? When are they gone, and when are they turning into exactly again? And do we know where are those things going, or is Discovery Plus just still in shock of how bad the numbers were? Yeah. I think it's part of that. I, I I don't. I mean, all I heard was that they were um, stripping down and, and scaling back and merging and doing a few things at sometime in early 2023. I haven't. I don't know. Aesop, have you heard anything different since then? That's that's the last I heard about it. They've just been in. No, that's pretty much all I've heard too. And so, like I said, I, I'm just waiting. I have my like mouse arrow hovering over the cancel subscription and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really got me. It's really got me concerned for HBO Max. It really does. Yeah, I'm like Tony. I'm in the same boat as him. I got it through DirecTV, so it's like, well, you know, what do I? I as long as it's still being provided, I I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, if it came down to a thought of, you know, do I really want to pay for this? I mean, what do it's like? Okay, what do I watch on HBO Max? I mean, well, Doom Patrol now. I mean, that's that's a big thing. Titans is well, is there as I well. Mean, Sure. I mean, Game of Thrones people have House of the Dragon yeah. now, Larry David fans, Seinfeld fans. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm has a new one coming out. Secession is on there, which is a really good drama. There's other things on there right now. I know 
Um, we've in the past you've had Zendaya in um, a, a series on there. Euphoria, so, Euphoria, Euphoria. Thank I, you. And I'm big on um, Last Week Tonight myself. I, I honestly, John Oliver. Yeah, I watch it every week. But so you also I'll, have HBO Sports there. Um, you also have the Shop on there with LeBron. I'll I'll find a way to watch all the things outside of that. I mean, especially the HBO products. You can find them really easily. Uh, and I'm, that's not even just like the illegal way. <laughs> Legally, I can find a lot of that. It, like uh, like last week tonight, they play that stuff on YouTube every week. They play the top. Yeah, a lot show. of stuff is too. So, I mean, and that's that's through last week tonight, though. So, I mean, like that's that's a planned deal. Uh, there's There's ways to find all this stuff that... I don't think I'm going to need to have HBO Max. Hashtag nefarious means. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's how it's all. We won't we won't promote that too much. But anyway, yeah, I, I thought I thought the trailer looks good. I mean, you know, Legion of Superheroes is usually something like I think like you're right, Aesop. It lends itself better to a, a series type of storytelling than it probably will to a one and a half to two hour animated movie but i you know like like also you said dc animation doesn't get things wrong they're kind of like they built up that goodwill like the mcu has with everything else we're just like oh well they'll figure it out they won't get it wrong but yeah it's it's an interesting story uh and it looks like it's very focused on on supergirl and um that i don't have a problem with because i don't know if they've done enough kind of uh stuff with her yet but we'll see we'll see what happens in february i'm sure it'll be it'll be well received and it'll be pretty good um the second trailer added on here is one, you know, Patrick, the past few weeks has added some very interesting trailers, uh, things that aren't exactly in our wheelhouse that by and large, Tony and I have been like, oh, I don't know about that one, but OK. And uh, I found kind of one that was more in my wheelhouse that I put on here called new series starting December 16th called The Recruit. Um, Tony, did you check this trailer out? And if so, uh, am I am I completely off base here? Or is this something that? Looks like it might be interesting to you. It's almost like a witty modern day start for an American 007 kind of thing. Maybe <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a. It's I was a, thinking it looks like USA programming. Yeah, it's it's a young FBI. Is it FBI? Right? CIA. Was it FBI? CIA. CIA. Sorry, um, CIA, young CIA recruit. The guy's 24, right? It's one of the funny things in the in the show. Is like I'm 24. I'm supposed to make mistakes, and you know when you hear that and you're older than 24, and you know, and and by more than a decade at least, and then even past that, you look back and go, yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to make mistakes when you're 24. So it's kind of a funny part of the thing. It looks like they're getting this actor. I don't know who is the actor that's playing the lead role here. I don't know. He looks kind of familiar. He looks like a young Doesn't Carl he, Urban. He looks like he was in something. When I'm done talking, while well, you guys are speaking, and I'm going to find out who he is and what he was in, but looks like they're trying to get him over as a little bit of a sex symbol. He had some kind of scene where he ended up in his underwear. You know, it's just kind of hitting all those notes of this is a guy we want to build on. Maybe he has a contract with Netflix and their filmmaking process to have a bunch of these. So. Hopefully the writing's good because it's an interesting concept. You see something that's Americanized the spy kind of movie game that's going on right now. 
I thought there's some funny stuff in there. It's like, you know, bullets go through metal, right? Yeah. You right. Know, uh, <laughs> put the bag over, said, is this really necessary? And the guy's like, no. <laughs> so uh, there's some witty stuff about there. A- Aesop, is this a, uh, based on this trailer, is this a series you're moderately interested in? Or are you just going to pass on it? Or what do you think? This is something I'll give a try to. Uh, like I said, it looks, it reminds me of USA programming, you know, something like Suits, um, you know, Psych a little bit, uh, you know, maybe not to the same level of silliness, but it, it has that same type of more serious slash adult comedy drama. And uh, that that's something that usually resonates in uh, for myself. Um, it's got, you know, what actually it reminds me of is like, um, what was that white collar? It's got like a real white collar vibe and I enjoyed that show. So I'll give it a try. Yeah. Especially if I need to, you know, kind of figure out what the hell I'm going to watch on a Tuesday night might as well just binge the whole season. It is a Netflix series, so it will be, it'll be bingeable beginning on December 16th. Is that Noah Centineo? Yeah. He was in black. He was in black Adam. Let's see. Who was he? Was he? Oh, He's Adam oh, Smasher. he was um, yeah, Adam Smasher. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I knew he was familiar. Him in that. Yeah, he was good. He was solid in that. Okay, well that that adds a a definite nerd thread to it. I I thought the uh, yeah, the first time I looked at it, it came up on my feed. I'm like, what is this? And I checked it. out. I was like, well, this looks funny and entertaining. And and like Tony says, there's a spy element to it, and and it's comedic. And I think Aesop, you're right. It does have that USA special feel to it. So. It looks entertaining. I mean, you know, Netflix series are hit and miss, but this one looks like it's a little bit more hit than miss. Uh, I'll probably be checking it out. I mean, December 16th, my birthday. What else do I have to do? Right. I'll just watch the recruit. Call it good. So <laughs> the next trailer was one shared by Ray exclusively to one Ray S. Cashington Esquire. But Aesop quickly watched the trailer and had some very good comments about it it's the latest from pixar the movie called elemental coming out sometime in 2023 we don't have a more specific release date than that i don't think maybe i thought it was summer wasn't it like june or july didn't they i thought they had a date to it i'm not sure but um you know we can look tunny's tunny's busy on the google machine he's flexing his google powers aesop you when you saw the trailer you just said oh pixar just flexing right now but it looked tremendous um what are your june 16th by the way okay that's not that's well okay that's a ways off but not bad but you uh you were very impressed with this teaser trailer which doesn't give a whole lot of plot sort of points but it it, it, from a graphical standpoint i mean it's like you know like the video games show like these uh great cutscenes that never make it in the game of course but still yep this one you know is going to be in the movie, and you thought that this was a uh, tremendous looking. Yeah, I mean, how how can you not? It's a it, it's the show. It's or movie itself is called Elemental. You know, it's going to delve into the elements itself, which provide a lot of textures based, you know, imagery. And I mean, you saw in the very short teaser, which is just them, you know, on a train passing through every last elemental and it, it's absolutely gorgeous it, it, it i mean when have you ever thought that a, a junky little subway ride is going to you know spark such emotion and feeling just through the visuals and that's exactly what you saw throughout that uh that little teaser i can already pick up the vibe that they're they want to give you know opposites attract type deal 
And knowing Pixar, they're going to tell an insanely emotional story uh, just off of this little vibe. And uh, it's going to make kids love it and parents hate it because they shouldn't be showing kids all of these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll touch. I, I got something I wanted to ask you guys about in a minute. Tony, did you check out the trailer? Um, if so, what do you think? I mean, it, it's a, it's a tremendous. I mean, it looks like a graphical advancement as far as just the way that this trailer looks. And that's saying something for Pixar. Yeah, visually it looks great. I think they chose the right theme with the, with the elemental thing, you know, the fire and water kind of oil and water kind of thing mixing, you know, um, 3D, yeah, written all over it. Um, <laughs> it it's going to be good. I, I've been saying, I've been waiting, you know, you guys have just been asking, what do we want to see at these reveals of all these different studios and who's doing what? And I've been saying, well, I want to see what's next for Pixar. Well, here it is. So it looks pretty good. Yeah, it, it looks, I mean, yeah, I agree with Aesop. The, it, it's stunning, visually stunning, and, and it is a flex on Pixar's part. What I want to ask you guys about is when I when I was doing the rundown and, and the trailer was done and I was typing something else and, and, you know, YouTube goes to the next thing automatically, what it went to for me was John Campia talking about Pixar. And, and Campia made the the interesting point that yes, Pixar has been shit on by the present Disney management. I don't think there's any of us who, and that was a big debate. I know we had months ago about how Disney was handling Pixar. Um, that notwithstanding Campia was of the opinion that Pixar is a woefully underrated studio and may be the best studio in all of the entire industry. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about that. If you, if you tend to agree with that, I know, you know, Pixar tends to get, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're kind of like underestimated just because of the content that they deal with. And it's mostly like you're saying, Aesop, it, it's mostly geared towards the kids. Um, this, this elemental teaser had a lot of a, like an inside out sort of feel to it. Um, and, and that's fine. But yeah, I mean, are, 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 does the general nerd public, you know, people like us, do they underestimate just how great of a, a studio Pixar is? I'll, I'll let you go, Aesop. I know you've got strong feelings about Pixar. Oh, the nerd public does not. It's the casual viewer that would. Um, and I, I tend to agree with how, how they feel that Disney has treated them. You know, a production. I know this was you know right in the COVID time of everything. But uh, Soul, Soul was a tremendous movie. And that was relegated to Disney Plus. And, you know, say what you want. That's a slap in the face to a place like Pixar. And like I said, even though that was, again, right in the middle of COVID, I want to say that was right at the end, though, when movie studios were opening back up. It was December so, of 2020 when Wonder Woman 84 had come out and Soul came out and they both got dropped to, uh, to you know, the streaming service directly. That's right. Well, and then you know what? I I still think that that was a movie you should have held off on until the theaters were safer, quote, to you know, to open up to. Um because that was that was a tremendous force of a film as well. Now, I and I talk about the the message that gets presented from Pixar because that is what's been um kind of broken down by the average crop of families uh i should say adults it, you know they the pixar it doesn't have any problem going 
into these really deep subjects, you know, a la Sesame Street and Mr. Hooper's death. You know, like that's what that's what Pixar does. And you see a lot of uh, casual parents out there uh, that tend to uh, aggressively attack these things. We just saw it with with Lightyear. You know, Lightyear had a uh, a relationship, a, a, a same sex relationship in there, and they just got absolutely pummeled by the you know the the masses talking about how it did not need to be in there. Well, guess what? That's just the world, you idiots. Shut the fuck up. Um, and you're going to see something like this, I'm sure, th- with Elemental that has tones and vibes that are going to upset people that they just need to realize that this is a thing that happens. Relax. And they're trying to normalize it for the youth out there. That's probably best. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you know, it's an argument and it's it's a contention. It's something that we've heard numerous times in the past that, you know, well, the kids don't need to know this. Well, you know, they kind of do. Would you rather them find this out through YouTube or or TikTok or would you rather have it presented to them in in a manner that Pixar is presenting it to them? I I would vote for the latter probably. But like like, you know, I know like you're you raise a good point that Soul was brought out near the well no not near near the end of the pandemic near the end of the first year of the pandemic um red got kind of the same treatment you know it went straight to streaming and 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 they had i know we talked about it tony i'm sure you remember the episode i don't remember exactly who was on it but we talked a lot about how you know they tended to um to marginalize some of that stuff like uh like you know and and really didn't give pixar talk about Go ahead, man. And talk about a, a film that got lambasted for the message that it presented. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh I mean and it, it's a good segue, but I before we go go to the last trailer, I mean this this conversation segues well into what we're about to talk about. But Tony, uh your thoughts on Pixar as a studio as a whole. I mean, how do you feel about are they as are they unnecessarily controversial like Aesop is is kind of intimating which I tend to agree with him uh what are your thoughts on this I mean they've never really been cookie cutter if you want to kind of put it that way um they don't have the formula that they can just or they don't have the history of like a Disney where they can just sit back on the same formula in a kind of dip a different way and that's not really a jab at Disney that's just they know how to make things work for them even if they're not that good so Pixar really digs in and it's a little bit more artistic and, and, and not just the way they present it, but in the books they choose to run with. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, 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 you know, I don't know if I'd go as far as Campy says that they're the best studio out there. They're certainly top five. I, I don't know anybody who they're I, up there. Could, you could say they're the most reliable studio. I would easily uh, agree with that statement because, I mean, what's the last thing that didn't make money for them? I can't think of. I mean, they don't. They're like it's like DC Animation. They don't put out bad content. You know, I mean, everything they put out, some of it's better than others, sure. But I, I can't remember like Pixar putting out something that got received like you know, like Killing Joke did, where people just like, oh fuck this, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I can't think of anything that they put out that hasn't made money. Could they have made more money by putting Soul in the theaters, by putting Red in the theaters? Absolutely. 
but they opted sure. not to for, and we know why. We know we know the reasons. Were they justified? I could see that argument about soul because of the world that we lived in in December of 2020. Red's a little bit harder to make that argument because things had started yeah. to open up, and and that one seemed like it just like maybe the people at Disney said, ah, this is going to create some issues. Let's just let's put it on streaming and hope it flies under the radar. So that didn't happen. Great point. But uh, speaking of uh, things that are probably going to create a negative backlash and reaction, we don't normally cover trailers for anything other than movies or TV series on this show. But Ray shared a video of a trailer for an upcoming video game that is sure to inflame the passions of the religious right. I have no doubt about that. It is a game called I Am Jesus Christ, the prologue. Coming out in, when is this thing? December as well, right? Real soon. December 1st. Holy crap. That's real soon. Um, just in time for Christmas. Justin, you know, if they really wanted to go all in on this, they should have just released it on Christmas Day. And just really. Or Easter. Or Easter. Pissed everybody <laughs> off. Um, the concept of the game is you assume the role of Jesus Christ. And, and when I watch this trailer, and I'll say this before I turn it over to you guys. When I watch the trailer... I don't know if any of you guys played this EA game is many, many years ago called black and white. And it had that sort of black and white feel to it because black and white was a, you were in the godlike mode as well. And you could create things and do things and create the world around you. This is really kind of telling the story of Jesus Christ and, and putting you in the role of, of Jesus uh, at this very early stage of his, I don't, you can't call it his career. But the early stage of his um, his career, his career, <laughs> you can't call it that. But the early stages of his story, uh, Tony, I want to I want to throw this over to you first. The game, Great. It, yeah, the <laughs> the game, because you know, for me, uh, you know, Aesop and I are the Jewish guys in this bunch, so obviously our opinions on this are going to be slightly slanted, but. From the standpoint of somebody like you, uh, you know, of your. So you're basically saying to you guys, Jesus is just another guy. To me, he's a holy man who walked the earth (laughs) and saved me from my sins. Hey, that's what you said. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It is what I said. Um, The the thing that I know from the standpoint of the game, I think the concept is interesting. But the problem that the game is going to have, regardless whether you're a Jewish, Christian, whatever, is a doing a story about about jesus christ in a video game be allowing somebody to assume the role of what most of the mess much of the world considers the savior uh i can see there's going to be just blasphemous sort of backlash coming from this game i don't think there's any way to avoid that tony before before i kick it to aesop you what are your hopes for this game? Is there any, and, and are they asking for I don't trouble? Have any hopes? I don't have hopes. Are they asking for trouble? Of course, they're asking. Anybody's asking for trouble that wants to talk about <laughs> your hopes. Religion, game. <laughs> religion. What are your hopes for this game? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Sit back and open up. A, no, I mean, religion and politics, right? You're always going to have, uh, you know, some kind of uh, backlash or, or or difference of opinion. It's interesting. It looks interesting. It looks more like a it looks more like something to get you like a faith driven thing, though, almost like you're learning about what he did through a video game. Right. So instead of watching like a book on tape or something with like scenes in the background, you get to interactively go ahead and see him in a video game 
in in artists video game artist rendition of what he thinks or she thinks happened when Jesus Christ did miracles or preached or found this person or went on this mission. Right. So that's what it looks like to me. I mean, I don't have any interest in it, um, but I'm sure a lot of people will buy it and a lot of memes and funny things will be made of it. And, you know, I, I always like to say my, my God uh, has a sense of humor. Um, Someone had to create humor. So there you go. This is why I love Tunny. He's come up with the most optimistic spin you could possibly have on this game. We're going to use that, it. We're going to use it as a teaching tool. We're going to teach the adventures of Jesus through this interactive sort of medium. Oh, and if they did that, it, 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 for, it, it's it. an educational. Well, if they did I mean, that, honestly, think about it honestly. You know that would be a new way of uh, you know reaching out to younger. Um, yes. And it'd be smart. People there with questions about faith. It would be smart if they were marketing it that way i'm not sure that that's a direction they're going in asop um yeah i i the i'm game... not touching this with a 10-foot menorah <laughs> um i i mean i don't know i'm just it, to me it just feels like an ad a political ad or sorry this is a religious ad but uh i and i've never been a fan of games right but isn't like a religious that. ad a way to get people to invest in their time and learning about the faith 100 percent. i'm just saying for myself i've never been a fan of them so and, and that's more than just you know like the religious aspect i'm talking about any type of of advertisement i'm not a real big fan of that in games i would much rather you um kind of <laughs> kind of just make a great story and to me like you like i said it just feels like this is an advertisement more than first and foremost. Um, I, I remember black and white. I actually played it a, that game a couple times, you know, but that didn't have the same type of uh, character, I guess, to it. Right. Because that was all. A, it wasn't Jesus. It was just this amorphous godlike being that you were. They didn't attach a title. That's the problem with this yeah. game is that is that even if it is a black and white clone and I'm fine with that and, 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 you know, developing your powers. And I mean, geez, there's so many games that anybody who's played developing Knights of, your powers as Jesus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you played Knights of the old Republic, you know, KOTOR, same sort of concept. You progress, you level up. It's, it is a role playing game. The problem is that you're attaching a real life, not just a real life character, the arguably, I don't, I won't say he's controversial. I mean, amongst people like us, Aesop, he is. But um, you know, it's it's a it's religion a, itself is controversial. Absolutely, I mean, and that's a yeah, real polarizing. It is, and it's a risk to, to to. I mean, I don't know what these guys, what the guys who have made the game is like. Why'd you go in this direction? Why are we pushing this angle so much? I I fear for this. Even if the game is great and it looks it looks pretty good. The concept looks good. The kind of the way that they they teach you how to develop, you know, Jesus's powers and and the whole thing, you know, can you help my son? And he actually goes in the kid's bloodstream to fix whatever he's wrong with him. That that's unique. That's a cool concept. But yeah, when you are attaching this real life character that is so steeped in a topic as controversial as religion, you are asking for trouble. I mean, you think Pixar gets it bad. Man, I, I, I shudder to think once the religious right figures out, because, you know, they don't pay attention to video games. But once they realize what's going on, the backlash is going to be 
I think it's going to be immense. Yeah, and it'll be uh, interesting to see who carries the game uh, because that'll be another sort. Uh, Steam, another Steam's going to carry it. So they're, but Steam's well, ballsy enough that they don't care. So yeah, Steam's there for the memes. You know what I mean? Like they're they don't give a shit. They know that the people are, are the people that that download it off of Steam are going to be the ones that are trolling it. You know, they're the streamers of the world and whatever. So they don't give a shit. But, you know, chances are there's going to be some hard copies, right? I would think. I mean, I would think yeah. so. But, yeah, Steam, from Steam standpoint, it's like, what do we care? You know, because, like, if we piss off all these people, it's not like I'm going, even if I was really upset, which I'm, you know, I don't give a crap too much about. It. I know there's people who will, but it's like, yeah, whatever. But it's not like I'm going to delete my entire Steam library just because you guys decided to put this thing out there. So, no. <laughs> It's like, no, I got too much invested in Steam to get that pissed off about a game about Jesus Christ. So we'll see, man. <laughs> it's it's I. It, but when Ray shared that, I mean, and I made you saw it. I made the comment. I was like, I fear for the success of this game because you guys are just going down a, a, a path that is fraught <laughs> with with danger. But we'll see, man. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe nobody will care. But, you know, I mean, people got upset at Mass Effect when the main character had sex with an alien. So I can only imagine what they're going to do with this. Yeah. Pe- people got upset when they referred to a, a child's period to a red panda. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all you really need to know. Um, guys, I think this is as good a time as any for our second commercial break before we start talking about more non, uh, non-religious, non-controversial, non-incendiary sort of topics. Uh, Tony, can you let people know where can they get all the great stuff available on thechairshot.com? Oh, yeah. Thechairshot.com, you know, where we encourage you to always use your head and head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Pick yourself up a chairshot t-shirt. Get it in soft style. Spend the extra $5. Don't be a cheap son of a bitch. Your epidermis will enjoy it. I guarantee it. Also, you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Bandwagon Nerds, Cheer Shot Radio Network. We'll be right back. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, we are back for some news around the nerdosphere, talking some some topics, some of them uh, more encouraging than others. But you know what? We're going to start this sh- this part of the thing off. We're going to go into the Marvel section of things. I'm actually going to play some Marvel music. Of course, you guys won't hear it because we've already discussed the technological limitations of one lawyer, Dave Unger, on my end. Um, but, you know, here's some Marvel music and we'll come right back and talk about some stuff. All right, so Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 
did pretty well in the box office, right, guys? I I, I would have to say just okay, just okay, just just, just moderately, <laughs> moderately all right. Before we get to the story, I wanted to talk about Aesop. Uh, you weren't on last week, but I know you saw the movie. Uh, what were your thoughts on Wakanda Forever? I'm sure you're like the rest of us thought it was tremendous. Uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I want to watch anything Tena Huerta as Namor uh, because that is going to be my new favorite. Um, he is so, so magnetizing. It just makes me want to see everything that he does. Um, and his presentation is great. Uh, I was not surprised, but I don't think my body was prepared for how serious it was going to be, right? Like, I knew it was going to be a serious film, but, like, watching the first Black Panther, it had so much playfulness to it, and this didn't have it, obviously, right? You couldn't you couldn't present it in a in the same sort of fashion uh, because of the the stakes being raised. Um, and I, I enjoyed being caught off guard like that. I thought the movie itself was great. I think my only real complaint was uh, uh, Okoye's new battle armor is probably some of the ugliest uh, like armor I've ever seen. It's just not flattering at all. Fair enough, man. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Her battle armor was it was okay. I, I don't know. I, see, I'm used to it because, like, uh, on that video game I played at Marvel Strike Force, they, like, broke out her armor, like, a month before the movie ever came out. They slapped it on N- Nakia, but you still got to kind of see it on her and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a tremendous, uh, tremendous movie. There's no doubt about that. But the, the thing that I, I, I said, you know, how well it did in the box office was we, uh, <laughs> I, early in the week, we got a, a update from Screen Ramp that, Black Panther Wakanda Forever in its first week of release outgrossed Black Adam's entire worldwide run, which is stunning to say. I mean, I understand the drawing power. and We all knew, uh, you know, we knew that that Black Panther Wakanda Forever was going to do well at the box office. We knew it would be an emotional roller coaster and a, and a journey unlike any other. Um, but I didn't think it would just stomp the crap out of Black Adam. I mean, Black Adam did pretty well in the movie. Did you see Black Adam, Aesop? I did. What you? I thought. I know you were kind of lukewarm on that. What were your thoughts on that one? It was just meh across the board. Uh, Doctor Fate was fantastic, but uh, the thing I could not get over. Uh, Hawkman was actually fantastic too. I really enjoyed uh, watching uh, Hawk. Uh, what? What's it? The uh, Aldous Hodge. I love Aldous Hodge, um, but I still to this day cannot comprehend how a 5,000-year-old being in a Middle Eastern country is the only person that doesn't have a Middle Eastern accent. <laughs> Drives me absolutely fucking insane. Uh, that's right. Because he's, he's the rock, and, and that, that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. But, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was... And, and, you know, to his credit, Dwayne Johnson, uh, as this, tor- this wave of success that Wakanda Forever has had this week, has been very smart about his commentary on the topic, congratulating Marvel, congratulating everybody involved with Wakanda Forever in just a tremendous movie. He has not at one moment in this last week really tried to pimp Black Adam. He has basically said, you know, we got our asses whipped, and that's okay. 
because we're talking different things. Did anyone expect otherwise? I mean, again, I, I, you said it yourself that we kind of knew they were going to get their ass kicked. Uh, maybe not to this extent. I mean, exactly. It's still, we talked about this months ago that this was going to be one of the biggest Marvel movies of all time due to what was attached to it. The idea that the, the, that it's one, a black Panther film and two, a send off to uh, Chadwick Boseman, um, a, a tasteful one at that, that this was going to be breaking records in so many different ways. 404 million before it even got to this weekend, it's second weekend. That's go ahead, Tony. It's not really fair to compare the the, the two though. Right. I mean, just because they came out around the same time. I mean, this was a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. This is a continuation of one of the biggest storylines in cinema history. If you will, if you want to take it by the numbers and the way people love comic books and comic storylines. So, the only thing that is comparable is that the biggest action star on the planet was in the other movie, which did fairly well considering the status of where DC was at and where it is going in. I love it as a cornerstone, a starting place, a place in which we can rely on. I hope you know we can move forward and kind of grow the character a little bit. Rock can get a little bit better for ASAP, but whatever whatever needs to happen, though, it can definitely be a place to grow and build from. And while I thought uh, Black Panther dragged a little bit in parts and could have been a little bit shorter, it was still excellent. Still another great piece of what Marvel's doing as well. So apples and oranges for me. Don't forget, too, this was the wasn't this the end of phase four? So this was this is the last movie of phase four. Phase four actually ends on what is it? Black Friday. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which has officially been dubbed the end of Phase 4, public service announcement, make sure you guys watch the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that Black, it's is in, it Friday, next, this next Friday? Yeah, November 25th. Okay, we got to review that uh, next week. Then. Yes. Not next week. Yeah, this upcoming Friday, right? Yeah, it's even it, closer this, than that. This Friday, it comes yeah. out November 25th. Um, it is. It has been dubbed the end official end of Phase 4. Um, and we get to meet this actor. I, I've never heard Kevin Bacon. You guys ever heard of Kevin Bacon? Huh. Kind of average. Yeah, he's he's I I hear he's he used to have some good dance moves. That's what I hear years ago. But he's probably slowed down a little bit since then. But I think like you know you guys have raised uh, you know you know I I think you're right, Aesop. We knew that Black Panther was going to dominate everything. Maybe not to this extent, but maybe we should have. And I think from DC's standpoint. It's good. It's a good measuring stick to say, okay, this is this is where the bar is set right now. This is where we this is where we are. This is where the bar actually is. This is what we need to aspire to get to. And it kind of get you know puts things in perspective. You guys have a long, long, long way to go. Um, when you know probably your most successful movie in years just got decimated in the box office. And and I agree with you, Tony. It's not a fair comparison, but it is it is a comparison that they can draw to say this is just the discrepancy between where the two of them are at this point in time. Fair enough. Go ahead, Sop. No, like like I said, man, uh, I I happen to agree with both of y'all. Uh, I I um I don't know what, really what else to say. If you thought, especially when you consider that this is DC's big figure right you know 
Marvel, you had Iron Man, you have Captain America, you have Iron Man. And uh, DC, you're going to be running with Shazam and Black Adam. Kind of kind of strange. But, you know, that's that's what DC has kind of put itself in. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, and, and hopefully they can write the ship. Go ahead, Tony. They've just oversaturated the market with Batman and Superman, and we're about to try to talk about that, too. And so now... Why not get people interested in something else and then bring them in in a different way that either, you know, go back to wrestling again. Sorry, Patrick, but that brings him in as a pop for a face or a heel turn you didn't expect because both Batman and Superman can be good for either of those. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about DC in just a moment. Uh, I, before we move on to the next Marvel topic, I did want to point out Patrick put a, or somebody in the bandwagon nerds poll put up an interesting poll as to which MCU phase four movie was your favorite. Uh, and, and I think they Patrick had asked us this last week and, and I kind of caught him by surprise by saying Spider-Man No Way Home is still my favorite. Um, put it out in the poll. Spider-Man No Way Home actually won fairly. Well, I mean, we didn't have a lot of votes, but what was the four? What was the it, so was, it, was, uh, it was Spider-Man Wakanda Forever, Thor Love and Thunder, which I knew wasn't going to do well. And Multiverse okay. of Madness, which surprisingly got a vote. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, the, I, I voted for Multiverse of Madness. Did I you, Tony? Excellent. No. Yeah, and I saw it in 3D, so maybe that put that okay. over with me. Okay. I enjoyed Thor: Love and Thunder more than Black Panther, but I think Black Panther's a better movie. Um, but Spider Man was was probably, if you take away the 3D part, that was probably the best movie of the four. I thought they were all really good, to be honest with you. They they were. I mean, I think I would put Thor: Love and Thunder uh, at the bottom of the four. Um, but I, I mean, would... if you if you know coming in, it's going to be a little bit of story movement, a little bit of character development, but a lot of comedy and timing. It was pretty fucking good, honestly. Yeah, I think you could have maybe put in Shang-Chi as a substitute on this for Love and Thunder, maybe made the poll a little bit more interesting. <laughs> Shang-Chi wasn't going to be winning anything either, though, no, unfortunately. No. Or, Black, <laughs> or Black Widow, which was technically the kickoff of Phase 4. She, that movie wasn't going to win anything either, but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love Spider-Man No Way Home because it, it's it was emotional for a different reason, and it's just different characters, and I'm more attached to Spider-Man than I ever was to Black Panther, with all due respect to Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, that sort of thing. We we did get some more Marvel news this week, though. Um, got some news about the Wonder Man series. They have confirmed that that is going to be a six-episode series, which, you know, with the notable exceptions of WandaVision and what we're going to get with Daredevil Born Again, um, that seems to be like the sweet spot for she hulk she hulk was yeah wasn't that eight yes eight okay it, six seems to be kind of the sweet spot that that the series have evolved into falcon and winter soldier hawkeye uh moon knight that sort of thing uh, any big surprise that they're going with a six episode run on wonder man aesop you're surprised? Not probably not. Not not surprised, but not happy with it. I I feel that all these six episode runs have been underwhelming or rushed. Uh, and uh, yeah, my my favorite series have been the longer ones, both WandaVision and She Hulk. I think those have been my my hands down favorite, and it's not even close. Yeah, I think uh, WandaVision is still really high on most of our lists as far as the best series. Um, Tony, what, what are your thoughts? Wonder Man going to be a six-series six uh, installment. Uh, what, do you, what are you thinking about that? Do you like the six-episode format, or you like Aesop? I you do. like the longer ones? 
I do. I like it because to me, it's kind of you get a little bit more than a movie, but a little bit less than a full series, which is where to me, you introducing a character that's not as popular to a lot of fringe fans or people that are fans and learning a little bit like me. I, I and in the deeper cuts, you get to develop that character in your mind. You get to let it progress slowly with a little bit more information being stuck into these different episodes as opposed to kind of maybe rushing through parts in a movie. I, I like it. I, I like the series. I like the movies. I, I like it all, I guess. To me, it's always been cast it well and, and let's just have a good written story. So I, I'll take the format like this with these lesser known characters. It's shaping up to be a strong series with the cast involved. That That's for sure. Um, go ahead. Stop. Oh, uh, but let's go to the opposite side of the fence, though, and kind of circle back around. And because I know we talked about this in the chat as well, lots of rumors that they're doing a Ghost Rider special, uh, and it's going to be like you know maybe an hour, hour and a half sort of thing, like Werewolf by Night was. Um, I know I've read some some stuff online. People are really concerned that it's going to be black and white. I'm like, I don't think that you know. I think Werewolf by Night was black and white for a very deliberate reason. Um, I don't think they're going to do Ghost Rider black and white if they do this, but it, it did raise. I know we had an interesting conversation as to whether Ghost Rider is something that lends himself to this special presentation that Marvel, that Kevin Feige wants to do with some of these lesser known characters. You know, it's like to me, it's like, okay, why does Wonder Wonder Man get a six episode run? Ghost Rider gets an hour and a half, maybe because I was thinking hey, Ghost Rider should maybe you should reverse that. Um, that was kind of what I was thinking, but. A- Aesop, you know, what What are your thoughts? I know Ghost Rider, we had an interesting conversation about it. You think this is perfect, I think, for uh, the character of Ghost Rider. I do. I much would, what, would much rather have just a hour, hour and a half uh, s- episode with this, um, with Ghost Rider, because I don't really want to see any more origin stuff. And, uh, it, you know, if you give... If you give Ghost Rider a six episode series, it's going to be an origin story. One hundred percent, especially after um, what had happened with the previous Ghost Riders. They want to kind of wipe that that slate clean. But if you just do a a simple story with it and have have it be like a two to five minute flashback or whatever, I think that's perfect. I personally think that it's that's the right call. Tony, what do you think? Ghost Rider, should he get a is a special presentation sufficient or would he be better served by a, a series sort of a limited series run? I don't know. It depends on what how, how you're going to connect it, where you're going to use it again, I suppose. Um, I'm not really big on Ghost Rider. I have I not that I'm not don't like it, but I just haven't been um Involved as as uh, not invested. yeah involved not invested in invested it. that's it I can't no I'm trying to think of a certain way to say it but never mind uh yeah I haven't seen a lot of it so I haven't ex- been exposed to a lot of Ghost Rider that fucking one word right there exposed um so I I don't really have a, an opinion one way or the other here I guess since it's something shorter maybe I'll look at it so you know there you go. 
Ghost Rider has always kind of been associated with, uh, I think it's the bandwagon nerds uh, version of Voldemort. He who shall not be named anymore, which is Mephisto. We'll name him anyway. But, you know, everybody thinks that he's coming in in Ironheart with Sasha Baron Cohen playing the role of Mephisto. But it makes me wonder, it's like, wow, you know, what if they do like a Ghost Rider special? Pro- what if all the supernatural stuff is tied into these special presentations like hey we got we got one night you know werewolf by night we got ghost rider maybe we'll throw in dracula somewhere down the line that sort of thing what do you think about well you know i I, just to kind of backpedal a little bit how did you like werewolf by night i loved it i I thought it it was great it too yeah Yeah. and that's what i'm saying i think i i enjoyed the hell out of it i enjoyed the kind of campiness that was going on with it as well. And it brought a brand new sort of palette, uh, you know, for, for my Marvel taste buds. Right. And I think we kind of needed that. And if we kind of break it down that way, that'd be great. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work like that. Uh, David, uh, then that's only because, we already got Moon Knight, and Moon Knight uh, has already been confirmed, right, for a season two, and that's going to be another series. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's up in the air. I think you're right. I think I don't know if it's com- confirmed, confirmed, but it's confirmed enough that there'll be a season two. But you know, like Werewolf by Night in- introduced you know these characters that kind of these fringe characters that you don't know about, but they're important. Elsa Bloodstone is an important character. Man Things, pretty yeah. important character, all things considered. Um, and, and- and if you listen to what the rumor uh, mill has, which, you know, grain of salt, people, I understand. But one of the things that's been talked about is Werewolf by Moon Knight, which there is no way that that would be a series. That is 100% a featured, like, film or, uh, sorry, like, these short one-off, like, made-for-TV movies uh, that we got with Werewolf by Night. That would be rad as fuck. Uh, I am so down uh, for anything uh, like that, especially with these crossovers. I, I would be ready. I mean, you know, when we talk about Marvel so much uh, on the show, you know, we talk about the cosmic elements of things, the street level elements of things. There is that that supernatural branch that Moon Knight just kind of went down the path. Werewolf by Night has gone down. We're waiting for Blade. Blade, of course, in a, in a very state of uncertainty at this point in time. Um, but yeah, Ghost Rider, he is definitely down that supernatural path. Dracula, definitely down that sort of supernatural path. Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, easily on that, you know, that branch of the whole thing. So yeah, I, you know, it's going to be interesting. I I don't want to see another origin story as well. I think Ray brought a, a good point. Like if you could figure out a way to introduce Ghost Rider in some phase five movie, like a bit, you know, just show him like they showed Spider-Man in Civil War and then kind of give him his own special. That'd be great. I don't know where you would fit that in at this point in time. Maybe quantum mania, perhaps, but that's that's a stretch. That that's wishful thinking, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everybody wanting Doctor Doom at the end of Wakanda forever. Nope, didn't get it. So um yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to see what they do with that. I, I still I mean, I think Ghost Rider is one of these characters that it's got enough depth to it that it could support a series, but maybe they, maybe not, you know, maybe it's just better off the way it is with the whole, we're going to do a, a special presentation. So we'll see what happens. Um, we got, uh, let's, let's switch out of Marvel and talk. D- Tony had mentioned it earlier. He kind of alluded to it that DC, 
Zat David Zasloff kind of made an interesting sort of commentary about the state of the DC universe. And we know we talked a little bit about James Gunn, Pete Saffron taking over the reins of that thing. But Zasloff made an interesting comment that he doesn't want to have so many Batmen. And I made it in the, in the rundown. I made it real clear. I say he doesn't want as many Batmen. It's not that they're saying we want less Batman. We just don't want four Batman. We don't want, you know, we don't want you to say, here's the movie. Oh, by the way, there's an animated series over here with a different Batman. There's something over here with a different Batman. It's very confusing. And, and that has been part of the, you know, the issue with DC is like, you've got all this stuff and nothing streamlined. He wants things to be more streamlined. One way to do that is, and what I've heard is that they want to keep Batman limited to Pattinson's character. And now Ben Affleck being heavily rumored to come back as an older version of Batman in some respect is, is I, I think this is a smart move on DC's part because Batman is one of these characters that and Marvel's got to be careful about it as well, because there's too many Spider-Men. Sorry, Pat. I know he's your favorite, but when you start getting Peter Parker, Miles Morales, ultimate Spider-Man, this Spider-Man, that you run the risk of people like, what do I have to watch to keep all this shit straight? Batman's always kind of been like that. Um, Tony, I'll kick it over to you first. You're, you're DC Tony. That is your new handle. So you're a big DC fan. Is this a smart move to kind of like limit how many Batman are out there? Or is, is, is more Batman always the better answer? I think less is more in this situation, especially when you're trying to build something and they're trying to, they're not trying to compete with Marvel, but they're trying to take a lot of what Marvel did right and say, well, here this is this is the the best possible way that dc can be presented now so don't saturate the market with your biggest icons right and they have the two biggest icons in the game period it's not even arguable right so if it's broke fix it and they're trying to and they're trying to maximize those big punches which are the Batman and, and Superman. So that that's my opinion on it. And why not? I think Ben Affleck is probably one of the most underrated actor portrayals of a superhero. Cause I think he does a really good job being Batman, to be honest with you. And I think he just gets shit because he's Ben Affleck. I think if someone else besides Ben Affleck did as good a job playing Batman, like he did as an older kind of Batman an experienced Batman, I wouldn't say older. I, I, I think he's probably right behind Michael Keaton for me and, and, and Christian Bale at his best. I think Affleck gets a, a shitty reputation because he wasn't Christian Bale and people wanted Christian Bale to come back. And, and that's not what Christian we got. Bale wasn't great in all of those portrayals either. in all those, no, but movies, it, he but was but attached overall, to, he was very good. He was attached to a, a trilogy that's near and dear to Batman fans heart. It's and, a very good trilogy. And very he and Ben Affleck wasn't him. And I think, I think, but I think you're right, Tony. I think as far as portraying an older Batman, you know, uh, later on in, in his years, a more experienced, a different Batman, Ben Affleck was fine. You know, I, I mean, his rationale for starting a war with Superman, notwithstanding, you know, we don't have to get into all that stuff, which is the problem. But Aesop, your thoughts on, on, you know, I think Tunney's on to something less is more as far as too many Batman get very confusing. And I think that it's probably a good idea to, you know, trim the fat a little bit, so to speak. But what do you think about this? Well, you know, you say too many Batman. Unfortunately, two is too many Batman. You know, it's one thing if you're talking about 
uh, live action Batman and animated Batman. Okay, well now we can talk about it, right? Uh, R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. But you know that is one story. Now I understand what they what they're saying, and I think I know what why they wanted to portray it this way is because Pattinson's going to be the Batman universe, Batman, the solo Batman and Affleck's going to be the justice league, Batman. That makes sense more than anything to me. I think if you try to throw Pattinson in there, uh, as far as the justice league, he's going to kind of stick out like a sore thumb. Um, and especially after his initial portrayal, right? You know, this Batman that's learning, um, and, I, again, I, I am fine with their take. I just feel that it's slightly hypocritical. Okay, explain, expand upon that a little bit, the hypocritical aspect of it. Because, because like I said, you're going to have two separate live-action Batmans. Um, I mean, that's more or less what we had before. That's kind of what was going down. You know, the, the only reason why... Uh, they got Affleck in the first place because Bale didn't want to do Batman anymore, right? And the only reason why that they got Pattinson is because Affleck, you know, technically said he didn't want to do it anymore. Now, obviously, he's backpedaled, realizing that, you know, oh, my God, there's money in this or whatever. Uh, so now he's come back. But I, I think having two live action guys is an oversaturation of that. You know, at least in the Marvel case with Spider-Man, you're bringing back people. It's not like you're trying to add in Miles Morales, notwithstanding. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm I'm fine with their feelings, and I'm fine with uh, what is going on. Right, and and I think like yeah, I tend to agree with you because like with Spider Man. Since he first showed up in Civil War, there has not been a standalone Spider-Man movie that is considered to be outside of the MCU. You know, the your favorite movie, Morbius, notwithstanding, and the whole Venomverse and all oh. that stuff. That's something completely different that the MCU has been quick to stiff arm and say, this really is not part of anything that we're doing. And with DC, yeah, I mean, as critically acclaimed as, as Pattinson's portrayal was, and it's a great movie. It, it is problematic to have to say, well, we want to have a singular storyline like Marvel does. But, yeah, we're going to let this Robert Pattinson Batman hang out over here and tell some stories about because how do you ever reconcile the two? And if you're really trying to mimic Marvel and now they they are unapologetically saying we need to copy them, you know, 10 years too late. But, you know, how do you do that if you've got something running parallel to your main storyline involving? Yeah, like Tony's right. There's two main characters, and well, I mean, DC's got their big three, but Superman, Batman are, as far as I know, the only characters mentioned by name in the MCU who are DC characters. So that tells you what you need to know about them. But yeah, yeah, Tony, what do you? I mean, Aesop brings up a really good point. How do they reconcile that? You know, if you're trying to create one singular storyline, and you've got Pattinson's Batman out there, and Affleck is more the older team player, how do you? How do they reconcile that? I what? How many Pattinson movies were you going to get anyway? Maybe two, one, three at the most. One more. I would. Uh, I would say for sure three. Okay. Well, can you hold out on Batman till that's done, and then you bring in Ben Affleck as an older as an older Batman, not an experienced Batman. Now Affleck's even older. I don't know. It depends on what they're doing. I, I they just 
they need to corral it. They need to get one central thing going. Whether or not Batman shows up or not is irrelevant, really. We know Superman is there. We already seen it. That's that's the basis of what's going on. So we've already seen. Let's put it this way. We've we've already seen a lot of stories told by them in in the past decade, decade and a half. Let's see let's see the different stories. So we're going to get a different kind of way of portraying it in in, in different ages of these characterizations as well. So that's kind of kind of tell the test of time i i don't know we're just gonna have to wait and see and hope that they can produce something that we've seen like marvel has but in a different way to make it their own i suppose but yeah one core kind of thing that's fine i like it well i'll say this dc needs to as quickly as they can establish a multiverse and and like marvel has because that and maybe flashpoint the flash movie is going to do help to do that because if you've got a multiverse and you can have multiple versions of things and we just have to find a good nexus point to bring all this stuff together um maybe that's the direction that they go at some point i mean i thought black adam dropped the ball because it's like well you could have established black adam in the justice society on earth too and you didn't do that you know you you kind of merged them all together and you could have just done that and that would have been really cool and would have actually people been like oh okay now earth Two's established now i'm interested in where we're going with this thing but they didn't do that and maybe that would have been a convenient way to keep the two Batman separate. I don't think you could have. Um, and I only say that because of how how much the visibility of DC is kind of in shambles. Uh, they they just have to establish some form of continuity and quality before they can even think about trying to, you know, have multiple, you know, multiverses and whatever. Uh, there's just no chance that they can do that. And I, I honestly, I don't know if they ever are able to do that because just of how bad DC has been run and produced over the past, what, decade, maybe more. It's, it's, DC's been so bad. It's just been bad. <laughs> Tony is uh he he's talking about your company like that, man. I, I mean, what do you what are you what are you gonna say, right? I there's certain there's lots of things I certainly haven't enjoyed, right? But uh, for me, I've been a Flash fan of, of on the CW, so that's been excellent. I really enjoyed Black Adam. I liked Batman versus Superman. I liked the, the Snyder Cut. I, I liked a lot of things that were happening. So Wonder Woman was excellent. So it's not all bad, right? Wonder Woman 84? Yeah. The first one. No, I, I was asking about 84. I No, I wasn't talking about that. I know. that I was asking. You were talking about Wonder Woman. I asked, how. what's your feelings on 84? Right, and you haven't gotten the point that I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, in the way that DC and Marvel have always handled the multiverse is a little bit a little bit different, you know, DC's always focused on Earth 1, 2, and 3, which is the multiverse, let's be honest. They're just doing it a little bit differently, um, somewhat, not exactly. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll see what they do. I, I kind of like, I, I think anything that they're talking, any sort of dialogue that they have that's going to result in a streamlined product that has some continuity and is not just all standalone is a step in the right direction. How it's implemented, of course, 
is another story entirely. And I guess that's that's where the real the real money's at is okay, how are you guys gonna actually implement this plan? Um, you know, maybe maybe Gunn has got this grand vision and he knows how he's gonna do it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see where we go. Um switching over, we got some news about Indiana Jones five, which I know kind of we weren't sure what the status of that was. We got some some photos from the set. I don't know. Reading some of this stuff, it almost sounds like they've wrapped shooting on this. Uh, have, are they done? Anybody know whether they have finished shooting on Indiana Jones 5? And I mean, it's coming out, what, June next year? Isn't that when the movie's supposed to drop? Anybody Anybody know? I, I don't know the details, but you kind of had to get through the the shooting of this as quickly as possible because Harrison Ford is about as old as the artifacts that Indiana Jones tries to snatch up for the museum. So you just, this just kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about letting, letting a good thing die. And I realize, I realize crystal skull is not a good thing, but if, if, if you think you're going to try to salvage Indiana Jones at this point, with Harrison Ford being, is he in his 80s or almost 80? I, I mean, the guy is so old. Just let the man stop acting. <laughs> A stop alienating Harrison Ford fans everywhere. That's okay. Uh, he doesn't even want to do it. No, I think, I think. let's see. How old is Harrison Ford? I uh, will pull it up right now. He is 80, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know reading some of the stuff in the article I posted and it actually came from something that Pat had posted earlier in the week. I get it that, you know, it, it is, we've talked about it earlier in the episode, the sense of closure. We've got to do something to get closure. We talked about it with, you know, did lock and key stay on a season too long Is umbrella Academy possibly staying on a season too long. You know, the sense of we've got to close this thing off the right way. Uh, clearly Harrison Ford, like all of us did not think his kingdom of the crystal skull was the right way to close off the Indiana Jones franchise. Does that warrant doing a fifth movie? Eh, I don't know. Maybe I, does d- Tony, are you an Indiana Jones fan? And if so, do you have hopes for this last installment? Cause it's going to be the last one. Nope. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. That's well, easy. R- rumor has it. They already Sorry. plan on passing the, the moniker off, right? Isn't it supposedly going to, uh, a woman i've heard stuff like that i mean it is it is a profitable franchise and if you can if you can figure out a way to successfully pass the torch i heard, I heard vivid picked it up but it's gonna not yeah it is passing to it it's gonna be in diana jones <laughs> vivid entertainment picked up the franchise did you hear that in diana jones okay you know that uh, sponsored by In porn. Diana Jones is a porn name. That's what I think he meant. Uh, when he when he mentioned Vivid Entertainment, we need to have this show sponsored by Pornhub or something. Pay us, guys. Give yeah. us something. You know. Yeah. Oh well, that's just something. Money. We'll take money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you you're right. You're right. I like it. I think Aesop froze on this whole discussion about Vivid Entertainment, and oh no, there he, he's back. So. Yep. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I. Yeah, I I mean I I always I mean I grew up with the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, that was like one of the one of those movies that you never forget, you know, when you see it the first time. And sure, 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't absolutely hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I sure didn't like it, you know, and, and I didn't like the whole this, aliens. This is where we're going with this thing, huh? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if if Harrison Ford, I will say this. Yes, I agree with you, Aesop. He's he's eighty years old. He needs to stop. The fact that they're going to bring him back as Thunderbolt Ross in in the MCU, it's like wow. You know, I I don't want to see them attack you know if something happens to god forbid something happens to harrison ford and he passes away before they film it then that role thunderbolt ross is just going to be associated as a cursed role because you know first william hurt now harrison ford bad stuff but i at the same time i think harrison ford has earned the right if if look man if you think that you want to do this and go out on your own terms and you think you can deliver let's do it but tutty doesn't care about the indie franchise Aesop, I know that you you do or you did. Are you hopeful for this movie or are you just like, you know, tempering your expectations? And if it surprises you, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I'm going to go in there uh, not feeling any which way about it. I look, I can I'm very good at being objective when it comes to watching film and I can feel a certain way. But at the same point, I just don't know how this movie is going to be positive at all. I I just don't think it's going to be on par with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There's just no way that it's that it gets done. They just don't seem to know how to do that with Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a franchise that. Last Crusade should have been the last, and and everybody would have been fine with that. You know that would have been great. You know, put out your rides, give some Indiana Jones video games where he can be young Harrison Ford. You know, young Indy forever. That's fine. But yeah, I, I think I, I will say this: I'm sure that they learned some very valuable lessons as to what not to do from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We don't know if is Shia LaBeouf in this is 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 Karen Allen in this thing or whoever. I who I don't know. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I mean, I, I'll ask you this ASAP before we move on to the last topic. I mean, is this something you're going to go see? I mean, I'm going to go see it cause I, I got, sure. I got to go check it out and just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll, look, I, again, I, I can be objective. I'll go and watch all the garbage that's put out there, uh, regardless of if it's good or not. Um, I'll watch it and I'll give my totally honest and objective opinion. I put, <laughs> But uh, as of right now, I do not have high hopes. Remember, nerds, Aesop was one of the first ones to see and review Morbius. And that's speaking of moments of his life, he will never get back. That's that's some of it right there. So poor Aesop. No, no wonder he stopped coming on the show after that train wreck. I, I, I needed take- to recover. <laughs> three month recovery period it's all right uh let's let's go to the last topic that we're going to talk about kind of some somber news um chris hemsworth we got news this week that he i, I think he was doing this for what he's got that series going on uh the national geographic series limitless right yes and I Disney think, Plus. yeah and i think part of what they were going to do is you know they've developed this it's relatively new this testing that they've done to identify the genetic markers for Alzheimer's disease as a way to identify it early on and hopefully, you know, maybe develop some treatment for it. And my understanding was that he was going to undergo the test and they were going to talk about the results as live as part of this episode. But once the results came back, his doctor says, I don't want to tell Chris this on live TV. Um, And 
told him, took him aside and said, look, you've got two genetic markers for this thing. You're obviously at high risk for Alzheimer's disease. Chris has responded by stating that he's going to take a break from acting for a while. He's taking the news in stride. I mean, it's certainly not a death sentence. It doesn't necessarily mean for sure you're going to get it. He's only 39. So you're looking probably 20, 30 years before he's really got a concern. And, yeah. you know, and the way medicine's going, um, you know, the, it raises hopes that maybe they can they can treat this thing more effectively. But it, it, it's interesting. You know, he's going to take some time off. I think it does put into question where Thor as a character and as part of a franchise is at this point in time. But I did want to turn it over to you guys. Tony, I'll turn it to you first. Your thoughts on on kind of this uh, this sad news. I mean, it's not it's not like he's dead or anything like that, but it is kind of it's kind of sad. And it is sort of like, where does, you know, that character go from here? Because, um, you know, we're replacing Henry Cavill with his brother in The Witcher. But I don't think you're going to replace Chris Hemsworth as Thor. So what are your thoughts on this, Tony? Is, is there some kind of way to shift the story to Natalie Portman? I mean, how much more is Thor actually involved moving forward as well? Um, I got to think that this has got to be a temporary kind of thing as well. You know, it's not necessarily a 100% fact that since you have, the, I think it was the double gene, right? He Both had his the parents gene have it, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't it it's like it's more likely a lot likely but you know i don't think we've we've seen the end of his acting career um so i i don't know it definitely raises awareness for people to maybe go ahead and find out if they're more prone and then try to be more proactive with preventative measures than reactive as you get older and you know yeah, it, once you you know once you start getting older with this the, that disease, people kind of play a lot of things off the possibility of you just getting older. Whereas it's more the disease because there's a lot of sharp people past the age of such and such. Put insert number here. So yeah, insert I, I, my I, insert my number here. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I didn't I didn't mean it like that. I do. You know I, mean. <laughs> I definitely yeah, well, do. No, at, at so. fifty four next month, I start thinking about you know, and it's an interesting because it is relatively new testing. We were talking about it amongst you know my wife, and I was like, I wonder, uh, you know, is this stuff covered by insurance? And and people are like probably not. It's like, well, it sure should be because it's preventative, and you can prevent a lot of costs later on in, in life from not treating that disease rather than trying to react to it. Like Tony's saying, it's 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 good to be preventative about it, not reactive. I, you know, before I turn it over to you, Aesop, I'll just say I don't blame Chris for saying, you know what. You know, I got a wife, I got three kids. Let me take some time away from this whole, let, let me enjoy some stuff with them and let me get my head straight. And then I'll come back and think about, it. I mean, we weren't going to get Thor for any, the foreseeable future. Anyway, I would love for them to do something with Natalie Portman. But they pretty much killed her off at the end of love and thunder, right? Uh, the show in Valhalla. Well, that's true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a way, maybe you can come back. I don't know, but um, no one stays dead forever. Right? No, Not that's right. We've established part. the afterlife in the MCU. So maybe you're right, honey. That would be that'd be cool. But I didn't imagine. I, I mean, I didn't think we were going to get any more Thor till maybe Guardians three. Maybe. But even that's a little unlikely. Maybe I would not. assume that he probably already filmed all that, though. Hopefully. Yeah, that's true. Guardians three is coming out pretty soon. Aesop, your thoughts on, on, on this kind of somber news and, and, and just your thoughts on the topic in general. Yeah, um, it. It completely sucks. I, you know, don't wish that upon anyone, obviously. Um, I, I seem to remember, though, didn't, 
didn't Hemsworth say he was going to take some time off after Love and Thunder anyways? So the the most vague silver lining ever, right? D- dull. But, you know, this is a good time for him to kind of collect himself for a while. And maybe maybe instead of a, you know, a year or two, it gets extended to two or three years. I I think I think he will be fine in the mental sense. This is something that he will come to terms with and do whatever he can to not uh, fall victim to. Alzheimer's, you know, there's lots of preventative treatment and measures now that you can do. So I would think that he probably does that and, you know, uh, whatever he can to feel better. Uh, now, you know, a better question would be about his brothers, right? Uh, if the mom and dad have that, does it that mean that Liam has, uh, you know, a predisposition to getting it too. Does this affect him on The Witcher? Holy shit! You know that would really turn things into a uh, an ugly situation for, um, for Netflix. Just to, uh, not just Netflix, but The Witcher, right? You know, already losing Henry Cavill. That's that's a big blow. But now losing your second option, who knows? I got to figure you're right. Liam's got to have the same genetic makeup as his brother, at least on that cellular level, that he's going to have the predisposition to it. I don't know if I don't I mean, I haven't looked at Liam's biography. I don't know if he's married as kids or in the same situation that Chris. I mean, Chris has been much more out there and active as far as bringing awareness to a lot of different topics, especially over the last couple of years. And, you know, like you're right. He was going to take a break after Love and Thunder. The the physical demands to be Thor. Not easy. And I mean, he's yeah. going to be turning 40. Even Fat Thor. Yeah, even Fat Thor. But yeah, Chris is going to be turning 40. Uh, and the that routine that he goes through to be Thor is mind-numbing. And I know he's commented on the uh, in the past. And that's one of the reasons Chris Evans didn't want to be Captain America anymore. He's like, fuck this. This is hard. You know, I'm, getting, I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to necessarily do all this stuff all the time. So I don't blame him for that. Take some time with your family. Collect your thoughts. Um, they're making strides in this area. I mean, it's, it's certainly not cured or anywhere close to it, but at least the awareness is out there and they're taking it more seriously. So we will see what happens, but guys, that's, that's it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds fairly quick. I I'm thrilled that we had Aesop back on the show and, and, and contributing mightily as only he can cheers to you, sir. It is always a pleasure to have you here on the bandwagon offering your insight we won't mention Morbius anymore on this episode because I know it's traumatic on for you. this episode. Exactly on this episode, it's traumatic for you. Hopefully, you come back next week for the grand finale of Lock and Key. Where oh, I'm I'm so excited for it. <laughs> you could hear you could hear me and Tunny and Patrick breathe a collective exhale sigh of relief that it is over and we can move on with our <laughs> lives. So. Before we let you go, Aesop, let people know what you got going on at the chair shot. I know you got lots of stuff going on. You got your wrestling. What's happening with you and where can people get in contact with you on the uh, internets, social medias, webs, all that? I don't know if there's any of it's really plural, but I'm going to pluralize it anyway. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Just look up Aesop. I'm up there. A-E-S-O-P. 
uh, Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. You could also um, listen to the fantastic podcast that I have with my brother, Down the Wire. Uh, Not only are we doing it, uh, our regular Down the Wire, but we're also doing our no cap recaps on Sundays, uh, the drop Monday, rather, where we just talk all things football, recapping all the games from that past week. We've uh, had quite the NFL season, so you can only imagine what it's been like talking about it. And uh, we've got more things with that planned going forward. So uh, be prepared for more down the wire. I'm just throwing it out there to you guys. Uh, the uh, The commanders are about to go to six and five this year. You can jump on the bandwagon. See, Tony, I got my commander stuff on just for you. Sorry about that. You know, I, I thanks. I, <laughs> Always been a big Taylor Heineke fan. Oh, he's Huge. he's balling today. I mean, he just. I, I mean, it's uh, when they were earlier in this week. Where, well, we're not sure is it going to be Heineke or Wentz. Come on, we know who it's going to be. You're just looking for an excuse to keep the Wentz crowd on. would have rioted. Oh yeah, maybe not in Houston. They wouldn't. They would have applauded Carson Wentz starting. But you know, they're, <laughs> they're not going to get that today. Um, Mr. Tunney, where can people check you out when you're not drinking your sorrows away about the Packers? I'm I'm over it. It's all good. I'll get to enjoy the playoffs this year. Um, you can find me at PC Tunney, Twitter, Facebook, Chairshot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming platforms, and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Always use your head. As far as me, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude Agg. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Also, make sure you are checking out Bandwagon Nerds official Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds, where the aforementioned poll from this week took place. I, I would like to think that our listenership hasn't dropped to 14, Tony, but you never know. It went down from 27 to 14. That's 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 a pretty significant decline. We gotta we gotta get those numbers back up there. Tony's got like no comment. <laughs> the number they're a lot higher than that. <laughs> I know. But uh that's gonna do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Next week, yeah. Season series, I should say series finale, lock and key. I'm sure we will talk about the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Hopefully, Aesop Mitchell will come back. Until then, basement dwellers, get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun, maybe, unless you're in Buffalo, and then stay out of the blizzard. Go to Detroit with the rest of them. Um, But until next time, take care. We'll be talking to you soon. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com. in the cup out into space and go in the cup again.
You speak Groot? Yes, they told it on Asgard. It was an elective. I am Groot. You'll know when we're close. Yeah. If it lives, Forge harnesses the blazing power of the neutron star. It's the birthplace of my hammer. It's truly awesome. Okay. Time to be the captain. So dead brother, huh? Yeah, it could be annoying. Well, he's been dead before. You know, this time I think it really might be true. And you said you, your sister and your dad. Both dead. But still got a mom, though? Killed by a dark elf. A best friend? Stabbed through the heart. You sure you're up to this particular motor mission? Absolutely. No rage and uh, vengeance, anger, loss, regret. They're all tremendous motivators. They really clear the mind, so I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, but, I mean, this Thanos we're talking about, he's the toughest there is. Well, he's never fought me. Yeah, he has. He's never fought me twice. And I'm getting a new hammer, don't forget. Well, it better be some hammer. You know, I'm 1,500 years old. I've killed twice as many enemies as that, and every one of them would have rather killed me, but none succeeded. I'm only alive because fate wants me alive. Thanos is just the latest in a long line of bastards, and he'll be the latest to fill my vengeance. Fate wills it so. Mm-hmm. And what if you're wrong? Well, if I'm wrong, then what more could I lose? 